Well, good morning. Welcome all of you who are gathered here in the house. Welcome those of you who are joining us online from various places. We're glad to have you back here with us this morning. I'm just curious, how many of you, this is the first time you've been back here in person since all this mess started? Well, welcome back. We're glad to have you. Second question, who here today is not your birthday? Not mine. So, Ernie, I don't see your hand up. Happy birthday, Mr. Ernie. Today is the anniversary of his 29th birthday. So be sure to give Ernie your best wishes. You know, near the end of that great letter that he wrote to the church at Rome, the Apostle Paul extends this benediction to the believers. He wrote, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Well, Christians today, we worship that same God, we are indwelt by that same Holy Spirit, and we are heirs of that same hope. Because according to 1 Timothy 1.1, which says, Christ Jesus, our hope, we have a sure Savior. And we also have a constant companion in this life. 2 Corinthians 1.10 says, On him, on Jesus, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And we have a fixed future. Titus 1.2 speaks of the hope of eternal life. So all that hope is found in and is based on the work of the God-man Jesus, our hope in both life and death. Now last week we began to learn a new hymn that beautifully encapsulates the truth, Christ our hope in life and death. How many of you watched or were here last week and saw that hymn? Christ our hope in life and death, okay. How many of you remember how to sign in ASL that word that we sing in the chorus? So sing hallelujah, how many remember hallelujahs? It's a two, there's a clap, and then little, uh, these fingers are curved and you'd swirly up. Said so, sing hallelujah. Well, if you're comfortable doing that, we're going to invite you to do that again. If you're not, just don't do it. Don't put your neighbor's eye out or anything. We don't want to have to deal with that. But if you can do so comfortably, let's stand as we begin our time of worship together. What is our hope in life and death? alone, Christ alone, what is our only confidence, that our souls to him belong, who holds our days within his hand, what comes apart from his command, and what will keep us to the end, the love of Christ in which we stand. set of questions with their answers. What truth can calm the troubled soul? Here's the answer. God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood, who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above stormy trial who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the shore the rock of Christ oh sing Sing, cry. 
lives and what reward will heaven bring everlasting life with him there we will rise to meet the lord then sin and death will be destroyed and we will feast in endless joy when christ is ours here with us this morning, uh, worshiping with us online and in person. I have a few announcements that I'd like to share with you. Uh, the first one is about our digital connect card, and we have a new way for you to access that, and that is through your phone. Actually, you will be able to text and uh, the number 77411, and then you will put in to, to go go to connect. So you're going to put in go, G-O, and the number two, and then connect. And so if you're um, quite, to me that's backwards, so what I would do is when I open my phone and I see the number or the name that I usually have up there, that's where you're going to put the number, okay? So it's 77411, and then you're going to put go in the next part of the body. You're going to put go, number two, and then connect. Okay, I hope that explains it a little bit better. Give it a try today. Uh, connect with us for um, whether it's a ministry you'd like to ask a question about. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to have that from you. Um, also, if you would just like to say hello and let us know that we're connecting with you, we would surely appreciate that. So another announcement that I wanted to share, we have started our Bible studies. Uh, we have begun those, our women's ministry ones. We started uh, last week on Wednesday night and then Thursday, and then this week we'll be doing Monday and Tuesday. And again, you can connect and you can put go to women and actually connect that way with the same number, 77411. Um, and our men's Bible study will be starting this Wednesday on the 16th. And you can do the same thing, connect with Pastor Sam. If you'd like to, they'll be meeting on Wednesday night in the teal doors at 6 o'clock. Um, one more thing to share with you, our uh, Anastasia Kids will be starting again next week on the 20th. Now that will be a soft opening and that will be just the first graders and they do need you to register online for that because of the, the um, they want to make sure they have enough places for the children. And then we have uh, on the 27th, now that one will be at 930 and then we're going to confuse you a little bit more. Um, at 9 o'clock the next week, which will be on the 27th, we will be starting new services. And the children, three years to fifth grade, will be coming at 9 o'clock instead of 9.30. And then another one um, on the October 4th, the nursery through the fifth grade will start. So they're going to start off slowly, but for every one of them, you do need a reservation for that. But again, you can go to Connect. Everybody say it with me. Go to connect, and the number is 77411, and you'll have that one down pat, too. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you, Judy. You know, Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus, he gives some specific teaching on how the child of God is rightly to live. See, as believers, we don't have the option to live just any way we choose. In another letter to a different church, Paul said, you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. As we'll read in just a few moments, he reminded the Ephesians of the seriousness of sin and the futility of their lives before they placed their faith in Christ. And he then goes on to instruct them how to live lives of biblical conviction so as not to grieve the Holy Spirit. 
So we're going to read together, and if you can do so comfortably, I invite you to stand. This is just one way that we honor God's word. So if you can do so comfortably, stand with me. We're going to read together Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 17. God's word says, Now this I say, and testify in the Lord, that you trust no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. May God bless the reading and the hearing and even more the doing of his word. Please be seated. Now, if we examine ourselves honestly, we're going to find areas where we don't behave like the writer of Hebrews says, as holy brothers who share in a heavenly calling. It's kind of like that old spiritual it says, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Now, if you remember in Sanford and Son, you remember Aunt Esther. Aunt Esther saying, it's Fred, it's Fred, O oh Lord. Well, how many of us do that? We hear words like we just read, and we think, you know, my neighbor really needs to hear that. My boss really needs to hear that. My, you know. But it's us. We're the ones who stand in need of prayer. So let's enter into a time of prayers of confession where we acknowledge our sins. We repent of those sins. Now, that, act, that means to actively turn away from them. Repentance doesn't just mean feeling sorry because, frankly, a lot of times we're sorry that we got caught, not that we did it. So we, we acknowledge the sins, we repent, we actively turn away, and we ask for forgiveness. After an individual silent time of accountability, then we're going to have a, we'll regather as a body, and there will be uh, a corporate prayer of confession. So each of us, in the privacy, the silence of our own hearts, let's go to the Lord and confess our sins. And if the words on the screen are a true prayer of your heart, not just words to read, but a true prayer, then pray this with me. Heavenly Father, you have loved us with an everlasting love, but we have gone our own way and broken your laws. We are sorry for our sins and turn away from them. For the sake of your Son who died for us, forgive us, cleanse us, and change us. By your Holy Spirit, enable us to live for you and to please you more and more through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Amen. So in the grace of God, we turn our eyes away from sin and toward the Savior. I invite you to stand as we sing together this prayer of how we aspire to live in a way that truly honors Jesus. offerings and our and our tithes we want to pray that god will bless it that god will use it that he will multiply it because god doesn't need our money he wants our heart and um and if we give as much as we wanted to um and we wanted to try and force something that's not of god it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be blessed anyway so we want to do what God wants with our tithes and offerings. Um, if you want to give online, you can give online. If There's some boxes out in the um, lobby as well. But we want to pray that God would multiply our efforts and do what he wants to with it. So will you bow with me in prayer? God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this time that we could gather here together, that we could worship you together, that our, the Holy Spirit and me could fellowship with the Holy Spirit and those that, that are here in this, in this building and are watching online. Lord, we pray that you will have your way. You are a great and mighty God who can do all things that can be done. You know all things that can be known. And Lord, you have a will, and we want to submit our will to your will. And we want to um, offer our, our tithes, our offerings, um, the first fruits of what you've blessed us with. And God, we pray that you will use it for your glory, not for the things that we want, but God, that you will multiply it for your name's sake in our town, in our culture, um, in our community. God, we pray that you will use this for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank Amen. you. You may be seated. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here. And those I can't see online, I'm glad you can see us. And we're glad that you're joining with us as well. As I begin, can I just tell you how proud I am to be a part of Anastasia Baptist Church? 
You know, last week, about eight weeks ago, we told you of a church family, the Tollers, and, and the wife in that family, Teresa Toller, she, um, she has to undergo a, a double lung transplant in order to live. And one of the barriers was that there was $125,000 that's that needed, that's that estimated cost of what it's going to cover uh, out of pocket. And uh, about eight weeks ago, we shared that with you. And I want you to know that every single penny of that estimated need has been given for the tollers. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. I'm, I'm grateful for a generous congregation. And, and you know, the tollers have never asked for much. And uh, they, they were really embarrassed to even for anything in this way, but they have served us for years and years. And I'm just so, so grateful for you and grateful to be a part of a church like this. Also, uh, you may notice that more and more people are returning. Praise God. We, we want people to come back to church. It's been a long time that a lot of people haven't been out. Some of you are back for the first time. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And we don't want anyone to do what they feel uncomfortable doing. We don't want to be reckless. But uh, we want people to come to church. And one of the ways we're going to help that out is our, our capacity at social distancing is starting to be reached. And so we want to make sure that there's more room for people. So starting in two weeks, in, on September 27th, we're going to be adding some more worship services. And the 11 o'clock service, starting in two weeks, will begin meeting at 11 o'clock. It'll stay set. <laughs> All the changes will come earlier, okay? But we're going to begin. We need another traditional service, so we're going to start another traditional service. It is going to be at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings. 8 o'clock on Sunday, and, and Mary said she would join me. She'll be there. She'll help us open the doors. 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. Then we're going to have a 9 o'clock contemporary worship service, a 10:15 contemporary service, and an 11 o'clock traditional service. So we're moving all four services uh, to Sunday morning. So um, just to let you know that's going to happen. If, if 11 o'clock is your time, you're the one service that doesn't have to change. And if you like the early service, we're making it even earlier. And it's going to be 8 o'clock, so hope you can join us. And then also one other thing before I get into the Word of God. There's some momentum that's going in our nation. And this is a grassroots momentum to pray for our nation on September 26th. Some of you might have heard that. There's, a, there's an author and pastor, Jonathan Kahn. He's, he's leading uh, a, a simulcast of prayer, uh, a concert of prayer on September 26th in the National Mall. We also know that Franklin Graham on that same day is doing a prayer walk on the National Mall. So we see this is happening together. And, uh, and some of you have expressed an interest in joining with them. I believe we ought to. And uh, I know one of our life groups is, is planning a prayer walk, so we're going to be promoting that. We're going to have a prayer walk on September 26th. We're going to meet at the North Atrium at noon on September 26th. We're going to do a prayer walk around our property, and we're going to join in spirit those that are praying for our nation. Because the Bible says, the Bible says that, that if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then it says that he'd hear our prayer He'd forgive our sin and heal our land. And we need this. We need this. So uh, I invite you to join us if you want to. And if you don't feel comfortable getting out with other people, pray with us. Pray with us uh, for our, our nation. So let's get into the Word of God, okay? We're at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 11. 2 Corinthians 11, 11, probably one of the least preached passages in 2 Corinthians, and as I read the passage, you'll understand why. And uh, we've been going through um, this, this portion of the scripture, and we're using this, as, our series is called uh, 2020 Eyesight. What do I see about myself uh, from these scriptures? And in these last few chapters, we've seen that we're warriors. I'm a warrior in Christ. I'm an influencer in Christ. I have focus. I have flaws. I have grace. And today I want to talk about the truth that you have a voice. We have voices in Christ. God has given you and me a voice. He's given us words to say and a way to say it. And in some of us, we express our voice with our vocal cords and some in our congregation express our voice with their hands. 
But we all have this voice, and it's a God-given voice. And your voice was given to you by Almighty God for a purpose. And so as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, this last part, very intense passage. Uh, Paul is using his voice. He's being super assertive, very confrontational, but he never veers away from why God gave him his voice, why God gives you your voice. He's given you a voice of purpose and presence and power and emotion, and he intends for you to use your voice for him. Okay? So anyway, would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? If you're joining us online, I invite you to stand with us, participate with us in honoring God's word this way if you can. Um, I'm going to start at verse 11. And this is what the word of God says. I have been a fool. You forced me to it. For I ought to have been commended by you. For I was not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I'm nothing. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. For in what were you less favored than the rest of the churches except that I myself did not burden you? Forgive me this wrong. Here for the third time, I'm ready to come to you and I will not be a burden. For I seek not what is yours, but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I'll most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of these, those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ and all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I might find you not as I wish and that you may find me not as you wish. That perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you. And I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word, Lord, and and I pray that you would help us to understand the message that we're to give forthrightly, boldly, Lord, the message, the voice that you have given to us and that we would always represent you with integrity, with sincerity, with compassion. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Like like I said, this this is one of those passages you don't find a lot of sermons on, okay? Pretty harsh, severe passage. Uh, I'm going to camp out at verse 19. Because I believe in these two verses, Paul opens up and says, this is why I'm writing to you. And he said, God gave me a voice. God gave me a voice, and here's how I'm using it. And he says in verse 19, have you been thinking all along that we've been defending ourselves to you? He says, I'm not using it to defend ourselves. Um, There's a word, it's, it's apologetics. Uh, Any of you might know that word apologetics. That's that field of defending the gospel. When someone is is studying apologetics, they're they're trying to to study, what can I share with someone that's having a struggle with understanding whether or not the gospel is true or not? And so that that field of of that that line of of study of, of trying to defend the gospel, that's called apologetics. Well, this word, this root word for apologetics is right here in that word of defending ourselves to you. And Paul is saying, I'm not giving apologetics of myself. I'm not spending my time trying to defend myself because my focus is not on myself. When I defend anything, when I stand up and speak for anything, I'm not speaking for myself. I need to speak for Christ. And you know, the focus is always on him and not on me. So here's the first thing I want to share with you, that when you are using that voice for Christ whether it's a voice of message, of actions, of words, whatever it is, use your words to point people to Jesus, okay? Speak with Jesus 
focus. That's the first thing I want to share with you. Speak with Jesus focus. Ask yourself this question. Am I really a Jesus follower? Ask yourself that question because are, are you a Jesus follower and the reality, whatever Jesus tells you, you follow what he does or are you a me follower? I say I'm a Jesus follower, but I tell you what, it's, it's my own wants, my own desires, my own, own things that I want to have. That's what I follow, my own goals. Because, you know, if, if you say you're a Jesus follower, but you're not following him, you're not really a Jesus follower. Okay? So everything we seek, everything we do should be about Jesus. And so, uh, so if you are a Jesus follower then your voice, your message should be one that's focused on him as well. Everything is about Jesus. Speak with Jesus focus. And if you speak with Jesus focus, we have a lot of content here, okay? You don't have to make up things to talk about Jesus. We got a lot of good content about Jesus. He, he gives you enough love and compassion and truth, integrity and eternity. And so you don't have to make up stuff. Do you realize the power of our messages at Anastasia don't come from the creativity of the message? It comes from the power of God's word. That's, that's where the power comes from. Everything that I share from you in a, in a sermon, none of it is original. None of it is original because it all comes from God. Okay? And the power doesn't come from the originality. It comes from the fact that it's coming from the word of God. And so in the word of God, I'm not living for myself. I'm living for Christ. Paul said this. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't have to worry about defending myself. I don't have to put the focus on me. One of the reasons is that in Christ, I'm not guilty anymore. Okay, so I, I'm already past the trial and the world is not my judge. I have one judge and that's the Lord. And so I live for him and I speak for him. And so when I stand on the throne room of God and he says, why should I let you heaven? Why should I be justified being here? It's because of the love and the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So I'm going to speak with Jesus' focus. That's going to bring the most healing. That's going to bring the most truth. Now I'm going to continue on in verse 19. So he says, have you been thinking that we're defending ourselves to you? The obvious answer is no. Here's what he says. It is in the sight of God. He is speaking in the sight of God, okay? Um, that word in the sight of God is also translated in the presence of God. I am in the presence of God in my God-given voice. Think about this. Everything that you say is spoken in the presence of God, right? Because when are you in the presence of God? All the time. You are all the time in the presence of God. So every word you speak, it is in the presence of God. You know, uh, Paul said this exact same phrase 10 chapters earlier. In the second chapter of 2 Corinthians, he said, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. And so we speak in the, in, in the sight of God, in the presence of God. We're always in that presence. So, so every word we utter in our lying down, in our getting up, we're always in his presence and we're always in his protection. Now, when I was a kid and I would get excited, Sometimes I would speak more loudly than other times. You know how kids are, and I was the same way. And, and, and there would be times when my teacher or my parent would have to say, use your inside voice. Walter, use your inside Has anybody ever heard about using your inside voice? or told you, you got to use your inside voice. Okay, let's say use your inside voice because apparently there's a difference between an inside voice and an outside voice. The outside voice, I could just yell and scream and holler and shout. But the inside voice was more restrained. Well, as a follower of Jesus, you're always in his presence. And God is in his throne room. I just want to say to you, as a follower of Jesus, use your throne room voice. Use your throne room voice. What I mean by this is that there's a, their voice is appropriate. There's a way that your voice is appropriate in the, the presence of God. And I'm not talking about being a quiet voice. I mean, if you really read about heaven, you'll find that heaven's really kind of a pretty loud place. Okay. 
It doesn't say it's quiet in heaven. I mean, there are thousands of people singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But I have a voice in the presence of God. It's before God. And my throne room voice is holy. And it's pure. And it's authoritative. And it's full of praise. You know, uh, Paul talked about being in the sight of God in Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. And, and, and that's actually translated before him. It doesn't, not translated in the sight of him, but it, it's, it's translated before him. He says this, he's now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him in his sight. It's the exact same phrase there, Okay. And so we have this voice before him. It's supposed to be blameless and and holy and above reproach. This is the difference between First Amendment speech and First Commandment speech. You know what First Amendment speech is? is We have the right as United States citizens in the United States to say whatever we want. uh, And we can can share that. We have this right, uh, this First Amendment. And and it says that uh, we can express ourselves. But, you know, First Commandment speech says, I have a God that's over me. And there are no other gods before me. And my speech is always under his authority and sovereignty. And it is to be holy and blameless and above reproach. That's first commandment speech. Holy and blameless and above reproach. That means my Facebook posts are going to be holy and blameless and above reproach. And that means locker room speech is going to be holy and blameless and above reproach. And when you get together with the gossip group, That language is going to be holy and blameless and above reproach. Why? Because I have a throne room voice. And I exercise my first commandment responsibilities in sharing that throne room voice. And, and, you know, throughout the history of the world, it's been hard for people to get this. I mean, even back in Bible times, James said it is idiotic how people use, I shouldn't say that. But he says idiotic how people use their tongue. First, in James chapter 3, he says, No human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. I just want to say, when you speak, use your throne room voice. Always in the presence of God. In verse 19, he says something else. He says that he's speaking in Christ. He says, have you been thinking all along that we've been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we've been speaking in Christ. This concept of speaking in Christ, it's so, it overwhelms me when I reflect on it. I mean, think about that. I am in Christ. I mean, what does that mean? Um, you know, actually, I, I changed my sermon last night because I went to life group. My life group meets on Saturday nights, and our life group leader is a, is a pastor, a retired pastor. And he was talking about this very same thing. I said, oh, I'm going to use this in my sermon, so I'm stealing it from Ira Cunningham. <laughs> this is, how he, this is how, he, how he explained being in Christ. He, says, he said, when we accept Christ, we become united with Jesus in such a very special way. We're united in such a very special way that the sins that we have, they become Jesus's responsibility. And in Christ, he takes responsibility for every single sin. And in Christ, you know what? His righteousness, it becomes our righteousness. And we become in right. This is a beautiful, beautiful place of position. And so, so when you receive these promises of faith uh, by Jesus, when you trust in him as Lord, commit to him as Lord, you trust in him for the forgiveness of your sins, what happens is Christ comes in you and he takes responsibility and the penalty for all your sins and he gives you his righteousness to share. So you go to heaven. Very beautiful thing that happens. And so when we're speaking, we're speaking for Christ, 
with the Jesus focus in that kind of position, that position of being forgiven and that position of actually being in his power. Because when you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. His power flows through you and he'll use the words to accomplish his purposes. He'll use your words, his words through you to share new life throughout this world. So when we speak in Christ, we're speaking in his power. So I want to say speak with in Christ power. Speak in Christ power. I'm wearing this microphone here. The microphone, it's around my head and it goes around this way. And, and uh, with this microphone, it enables people back in the back to hear my voice. It enables you that are online, you would not be able to hear me if it were not for this uh, microphone. What I said was, if I turn off this microphone, people in the back can't hear and people online can't hear, okay? Well, Christ is my microphone. He's the power. He's the amplification. He's the resonance. He's the message. He's, he's the antenna. He's the frequency. He's all about taking the message we give and accomplishing his purposes. He is my, he is, he's the power there. You know, that's why we say Jesus is the way and the Bible is not because when you share those things, you're, you're speaking in Christ and you're speaking in Christ's power because his word has authority. You might remember what it says in Isaiah. It says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The power of the message is like I said here at Anastasia, they're not dependent on creativity. They're, crea- they're dependent on the power of Jesus Christ. So we trust the message from cover to cover. Now, um, the next thing I see in this verse 19 about our voice is that it's, it's all for your upbuilding. He said, it is in the sight of God that we have been speaking to you in Christ and all for your upbuilding. Paul started that church, bless you, Paul started that church, and bless you too. <laughs> um, Paul started the church, and, and the church was full of new Christians. New Christians. And uh, Corinth was a pretty sinful place to have a bunch of new Christians, okay? Because they're coming out. I mean, it was like the Las Vegas of its day. Me- ministry was messy, okay? And, and the goal of his words in this in this letter uh, were not just to condemn them and tell them all the things that they were doing wrong. He says, it's all for your upbuilding. You know, the goal of our message is not to keep telling people all the things that they're doing wrong. The goal of our voice in Christ is to help people grow closer to Christ and become stronger disciples and, and, to, and to experience more of the promises of faith. If, if we just tell people what they're doing wrong, that's legalism and it is not the message of Christ. Did you, did you realize that I could get the whole nation, this United States of America, if I got the whole nation, all of them following the Ten Commandments, they would still be lost if they didn't have Jesus in their hearts. It's not about morality it's about Jesus. So we've got to speak to build up disciples, okay? That's our mission. Disciple making is our mission. So use your words to, to build up and grow and, and teach and encourage people to follow Jesus more closely. We're going to talk about that more in the next chapter because in chapter 13, he says, for this reason, I write these things while I'm away from you that when I come, I may not have to be severe in my use of the, the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. That's, you know, so we're all imperfect. None of us are perfect Christians. And so uh, uh, what we do is the, the speech we have, God has given it to a purpose to help us be better, to be stronger, to be more devoted. And that's what we need to use that for, never just to condemn. Now, verse 19, one more thing. He closes off this verse by saying, beloved. He says, it is in the sight of God that we've been speaking in Christ and all for your upbuilding, beloved. I mean, you, you heard this whole passage. You saw how harsh it was, right? And you saw the, the intensity of the passion and that things were not quite um, right in that relationship, but he still called them beloved. What's that all about? It's about the love of Christ. That's what it's about. It's about acceptance. I mean, 
Paul could have just left them alone. If he didn't care about them, he could have just shook the dust off his feet and never, 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 never. He loved them. And so what I want to share with you is this. In your voice, speak in love. Speak in love. Speak in acceptance, even if you can't understand what that person is, is doing in their lives. Speak in, uh, speak in reaching out, even when they're struggling. There's a difference between acceptance and apathy. Um, acceptance means that you're going to try to engage and help people grow in Christ. And apathy means you're going to totally disengage. But this is one thing I have noticed among Christians and people in this world. That when we have a problem with somebody else, too many people give up way too soon. Too many brothers and sisters are not connecting with other brothers and sisters in their families and haven't spoken in in decades because they gave up way too soon. Too many people in churches throughout this nation are, are not living in the power of the gospel because they're not fellowshipping in heart with other Christians because they give up way too soon. God has never given up on you. And we should never give up on each other. And so we always speak in love. Speaking the truth in love, Ephesians 4, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. You see, we're speaking for Christ. We're speaking in Christ. We're speaking in his power. We're focusing everything. If we keep that focus on him, Jesus will help us to grow together. God has given you a voice. It's a powerful voice. And he wants you to use it for his glory. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word and your power that is here. Lord, I pray for someone that might be watching this online or here in the room that does not know, perhaps, or has never made that decision to trust in you for the forgiveness of sins and to trust in you for direction in life and to commit to you as Lord and Savior. And, and, and Jesus, I just pray if someone is at that point where they say they need to make a new path in life, a new direction in life, Lord, I pray someone right here or watching here is saying uh, that I need that direction to be in you, Jesus. And I'm going to trust in you. And I need to, I need to follow you, Lord. And I need, those, I, I need that voice. I need that new voice. I need that perseverance and I need the promises of eternity. I need the hope that you give. And I pray that someone right now is experiencing that desire to follow you and trusting in you right now. And Lord, as you're making those massive heart changes in someone's life, that transformation, Lord, I just pray that new life is just pouring in in all the beauty and glory of eternal promise. Lord, I pray that you would help us as believers to trust in your message. Lord, to keep persevering in the faith and in love, living in grace and truth. Lord, that as we use our voice, people would see that it's a voice that even though it might be tense at times, it is always with integrity, always with truth, always with grace, always in your love. And Lord, help us to use our lives to make your difference in this world. In your precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If God is calling you to make uh, a decision publicly, I'll be here at the front, and, and you're welcome to come forward to join the church and present yourself for baptism, or you want to help with next steps in following Jesus Christ. Or uh, you can contact us with our Connect card, and you saw the ways to do that. Just text go to connect to 77411, and we can follow up with you in a day or two. But if God's calling you, don't leave this place with spiritual work undone. Let's, let's take that step closer to Jesus today. Let's stand right now. If God's calling you, you come.
receive your blessing and heed your challenge from God's word. Now may the God of peace equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And your challenge is to become increasingly more a people who speak for and live out biblical convictions. And all who accepted the challenge to become that type of person of God said, Amen. Now before we go, let's reaffirm our belief that love is indeed our greatest command. supremely stands